We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. And uh, Matt, I'm actually coming to you from the frozen north up here in Minnesota, where any day that gets above zero is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you? Where are you at, Matt? Well, I am, I'm always in St. Louis, John. I never leave. You're traveling the world. I'm stuck here in St. Louis, uh, <laughs> where it's about 45 degrees today as we're recording, and nice and sunny out. So, uh, so not quite as frozen as you guys up north. Well, and actually, they're having really good weather for Minnesota. We've been in the 20s, and we don't have any snowstorms going, although we got plenty of snow on the ground. So um, anyway, we want to welcome all of our listeners back after the uh, 12 days of Christmas. This is our first uh, episode of the year 2021. And Matt, with your permission, I would actually like to pick up just a couple of things from from Christmas. Would that be all right with you? That would be fine, John. Should we say what the show is, though? Oh, I don't know. You know, I always debate about that, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Is it better if we remain anonymous? But I suppose we should tell everyone it's... Wrestling, wrestling with, the basics. with the basics. Hey, John, uh, real quick, hey, before yeah. we get started, too, can I can yeah. I just share a thank you with our listeners, too? Um, I would love to. Yeah, and, and, and thank you to you, too. Um, uh, this year, with, with COVID and everything, our live nativity at Ascension uh, was a little different this year. It was our still nativity, uh, but we still had uh, figures outside, even though they weren't real live people. They were silhouettes. Uh, and we still proclaimed uh, the birth of our Savior uh, through our scripture boards and through our live radio broadcast and had some live music, too. So thanks for publicizing that, John, on uh, Wrestling with the Basics. And thanks, too. A few listeners came. So uh, uh, I don't know if the Koenigsteins, Kevin Koenigstein and family came from Illinois, across uh, the river and uh, stopped by Ascension. So just wanted to, to thank our listeners for making that a part of their uh, Christmas celebration. Well, you know, Matt, we were there. We were there. We we brought a couple of the grandkids over and and uh, drove by your church and saw the uh, display and and drove up uh, Candy Cane Lane and and all of that. And in fact, Matt, we actually came to your door and it was strange because when we came, the lights were all on, and when we knocked, all of a sudden, all the lights went off. And so I I don't know what the deal was, but anyway, we were there. We were there. Quit making things up, John. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. We did debate that. We thought, oh, that's the last thing they need the week before Christmas to have unexpected company dropping in, but we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it as well. You're always that, welcome, John. I'm I, always we welcome. That. We know that. Especially if you come bearing Ted Drew's frozen custard. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you've never given me your address, though, Matt. But that's that's another story (laughs) for another day. (laughs) But actually, I'm glad you shared this because this relates to what I wanted to talk about. One of the two things I wanted to talk about uh, this afternoon uh, and this morning, depending on whether you're listening on Wednesday or Saturday. uh, um, I wanted to have a shout out for all the Scrooges and, and, and uh, uh, you know, all the Grinches out there uh, this year. Because, you know, if you're a Scrooge, if you're a Grinch, you really take a beating during the holiday season. <laughs> you know, 
Well, seriously, you know what I'm saying? I mean, all, all the publicity, all the TV shows, all the stories, they're all pretty negative about Scrooges and about uh, Grinches. And I just wanted to say, you know, they have a point. <laughs> they have a point, people. <laughs> okay. Um, now, now, wait a second. Don't, don't start emailing me now. This is why I wasn't sure we wanted to tell who we were or not. I love Christmas, Matt. Do you love Christmas, Matt? Oh, yeah. What's not to love, John? I love it as much as the next pastor. Let me tell you. Well, sure. We got, we got Santa. You got the reindeer. Uh, we got gifts. And who doesn't like to get gifts? I love to get gifts. Um, and I do understand the true meaning of the season is the babe in the manger. But honestly, Christmas can be a real pain in the you-know-what sometimes. <laughs> so, so tell me. Tell me how. Uh, so I get, I, I get empathized with the Grinches and the Scrooges because, yeah, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. How did, did, so did you have a good Christmas or did you have what many pastors have, which is just a really, really stressful, why don't I get to celebrate the holidays kind of Christmas? Or, so how did it go for you? It was a good Christmas, but but you know how it is, John. I mean, uh, you know, three services on Christmas Eve and, and one on Christmas morning, and you know, blessed blessed services. But boy, you're busy too, no doubt about it. And uh, like I shared before, we were on the air, took some time off after Christmas, and uh, did 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 a whole lot of nothing. Just kind of had some downtime to recuperate from uh, the busyness of the season. Blessed but and, busy. And isn't that interesting that you use the word recuperate? That it was something you had to recuperate from, yeah. which is not usually a word we use for something that is really happy and joyful and good. <laughs> right? True. Um, so, so here's what would happen to me, Matt, and I, I'm retired, so it's a little different now. But it seemed like inevitably at Christmas time, when, as you pointed out, we got all these extra services to do anyway, uh, uh, somebody would get sick or there would be a death or there would be some kind of family crisis. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't have time to do what I'm doing now. And all of a sudden, I've got all these other things I've got to do. And I remember often thinking, what is wrong with you, God? <laughs> don't, don't you know I'm busy down here? <laughs> is this a good time to have one of my members die? Really? Did, did you have any of that go on this year? Now, I know it doesn't happen ever, but it seems like almost every Christmas. Did you have anything like that go on, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, hospitalizations and uh, people in the ICU. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And especially this year with COVID, all the more. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That COVID probably, if anything, made it made it all the harder. Um, but but here's something that I learned, Matt, I want to share with you. And I want to share with all of because I think our listeners can identify with that, even though they're not pastors, because I, I, I know my wife. She was going crazy. She had a project she wanted to finish for her daughter, uh, a stocking, beautiful hand-stitched stocking she was making. And at the same time, she had cookies she needed to bake, and there were presents she needed to wrap. And she had things she wanted to send off to her siblings for Christmas. And I know she was just running around. In fact, you know. Since I was retired, I really didn't have much to do. <laughs> but she she was going crazy. Too. So I'm sure people can identify with that. But here's the thing I learned after I retired. And, and, and maybe, I don't know, I should have realized this before. You know, I got to thinking I was complaining to God about all the extra things he added on my life. And I think the Lord would have said to me, said, John, I, I didn't. These are the things you're supposed to do as a pastor. You're, you're, when I was sick and in prison, you visited me. These are the things you're supposed to do. People have family crisis. Yeah, that's what you're there for, to help and support them. There's a death. Of course, that's our job, to to give people the comfort of the resurrection and the life. Ever. These are the things that God called me to do. All this other stuff I was doing, all this other stuff that I thought was so crucial and so important, all the extra services, Matt, 
you know, sending out the Christmas cards. I, I don't do you have any other special things you do at Christmas other than the extra services? Oh yeah, church, you mean? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, well, the live nativity is right up there, of course. Uh, but yeah, just the Advent services and, uh, you know, uh, Sunday school program and all those things. Yeah. The list goes on. And, and you have to do them extra special, right, Matt? You can't just do them. They have to be something extra special about all of these things because it's Christmas, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that's expected, right? Yeah, well, and I'm just thinking your living nativity. You you don't do that every week. No. <laughs> oh, today it's Moses. <laughs> We're doing a living Moses. No, <laughs> no, just Christmas. Just, but but see, I'm thinking the Lord is saying I didn't ask you to do that stuff. I mean, it's not wrong that you're doing it. I'm not complaining. The Lord would say, but but don't come telling me about how rough I've made it because I didn't tell you to do any of that. <laughs> That's just stuff you made up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, and, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, yeah, you know, pastors and, and all people, really, you know, sometimes those to-do lists that we have, um, you know, especially when there is someone who's sick, when there is someone who's yeah. dying, you know, sometimes those to-do lists, you know, that we have to check off before we actually get to the the real Christmas stuff, you know, sometimes those to-do lists are the most holy things uh, as we as we look at the people that God has placed before us to, to minister to them, to care for them. And sometimes uh, we lose sight of that uh, because we're focused on the the big stuff, the important stuff. Yeah, and and, and I had a dear pastor friend who said to me, he said, I'm just so frustrated because I, I don't feel like I get to celebrate Christmas. And, and, and I know that feeling, and I probably suspect a lot of people have that feeling. We all have a little Scrooge, a little Grinch in us. And I'm simply saying, maybe it's because we're doing a lot of stuff that really doesn't matter to the Lord. Uh, we, we've let the, the traditions of the season take control of our lives. And we too then, you know, it's so easy for us to criticize the world. Oh, you don't know what the reason for the season is. And they, well, maybe we forget sometimes. I want to share a Bible passage with you that struck me about this, Matt, if you would. Uh, from Second Kings chapter 23, uh, we, we have uh, good King Josiah. Uh, you got good King Wenceslas. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but anyway, we do have a good King Josiah. He He's uh, rebuilding the temple, uh, repairing it. They come across the book of the law. Can you imagine that, Matt, that the church had gotten so degenerate? They didn't even have the Bible anymore. What's this? Oh, it's a Bible. I remember reading about that. <laughs> And, and Josiah wants to do what's right. And so if you would read, uh, oh, say just, I'll, I'll stop you. Just reading the first verses, uh, verse 21, starting verse 21, sure. what Josiah did, having found the book of the law, find, having found out what they were supposed to be doing all along. So if you would, please. And the king commanded all the people, keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of the covenant. For no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel or during all the days of the kings of Israel or the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. All right, let's just stop there. So so obviously one of the things they were neglecting <laughs> was, was their Christmas. Their Passover celebration, well, I guess actually be more closely their Easter relating to our Christian sure. uh, holidays. Uh, and so he says, we got to celebrate this. And, and they celebrate it, it says, greater than anybody had celebrated it before. Uh, and if we'd read on, we'd find that Josiah does a lot of other good things. He puts away the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols. You know, he, he, it says, in fact, read verse 25. 
Yeah. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all of his heart and with all of his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. And, and so please, again, uh, I'm not criticizing what we do for Christmas. I, I love Christmas. I really, really do love Christmas. But here's the striking thing. It's the next verse. It's the next verse, verse 26. Still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath, by which his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and I will cast off this city that I have chosen, Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. So this is actually the beginning of the end, if you're familiar with the story. From here on, it just yep. gets worse and worse. And finally, of course, Jerusalem is, is captured and destroyed. Uh, but I, this, this passage, Lynn and I were doing this as part of our devotions, and it struck me, uh, the point of this passage is that keeping traditions, keeping celebrations is not bad. No one's saying it's bad. In fact, in this case, it was actually a tradition that was commanded that should be done, you know, for all generations, keeping the Passover. But it's not that's not really what God's looking for, okay? There is no celebration. There is no tradition that is going to appease the anger and the wrath of God. Um, and so God grant us that when we get around to Christmas and maybe Holy Week this year too, because, you know, Holy Week isn't commanded by God. There's no passage in the Bible that says you need to celebrate Easter. Again, I'm not against doing those things. I think it's good we do them, but let's remember what the Lord really is looking for is he's, he's wants repentance, uh, the acknowledgement of our sin. And I think Christmas does a good job of that. It shows the grinchiness uh, both in our stinginess and also in our lack of faith. Uh, and what he wants, though, is faith that, yeah, that's why Jesus came. That's what Christmas is all about, the fact that God loves sinful people. He really, really loves them enough to come and take on our human flesh. Um, and of course, the other thing he wants is, is love for the neighbor. And uh, so maybe we should be sending out cards, not just on Christmas, but maybe we should be taking time to contact these people that are near and dear to us throughout the whole year. <laughs> just just a little hint there uh, that maybe the love God is looking for goes beyond just sending out Christmas cards. Well, anyway, there's there's my uh, my one of my Christmas things. Any yeah. comments about that? Well, I was just I was thinking of the Passover too, and. There was a purpose behind that, and the purpose behind the Passover was to to recount the works of the Lord, to recount yeah. that act of deliverance out of slavery in Egypt and through the waters of the Red Sea. So it's not just about this meal, and it's not just about an annual celebration, but it's to to focus on the the great acts of salvation that the Lord did. And you know, thinking of Christmas too, it's about more than just going through the actions and and uh, the things that make the season busy. But it's focusing on God's act of salvation that first Christmas and sending His Son to be our Savior in the flesh. So to everyone, uh, pastors and, and all people, uh, next Christmas, cut yourself some slack, okay? If you don't get everything done, it's okay. Uh, God loves you. Your people will love you. Your family will love you. Uh, and just take every opportunity you have to show that love to them. Now, here's the second Christmas thing uh, that I want to bring up. Uh, the question, the inevitable question that comes up at Christmas is, Mary, did you know? <laughs> Do you have, you know what song I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know the song. Yeah, Mary, did you know? Sure. Yeah, and, and so my wife's response to that song, in, in her best uh, uh, Mother Mary imitation, she says, what? What, do you think I'm stupid? Of course I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the premise of the song, of course, is did Mary know? 
what her son was going to be, that he'd walk on water and that he'd heal the blind and and all of that. And of course, uh, Lynn pointed out, well, of course she knows this stuff because she had an angel. Right, Gabriel came and talked to her, uh, and, and I thought about if you wouldn't mind reading Luke one forty six through fifty five, Matt. This you is bet. the great Magnificat that that comes shortly after the angelic appearance to Mary. This is Mary speaking here. Go ahead. Okay, Mary said, "My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed." For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So I think it's pretty apparent she does know. <laughs> I mean, from behold, now all generations will call me blessed. You know, he's done, uh, the mighty has done great things for me. So I think she has an understanding. This is no ordinary baby that's coming here. But Matt, you're, you're familiar with the Bible, aren't you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are still using that at Ascension, aren't you? Yeah, yeah we're still using Ascension. The seminary covers part of it, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm just thinking, if they were doing repairs at Ascension, they would say, what's this book? Yeah, I know. That's, that would <laughs> you know they, they would know. You know, that's how. Uh, so but so, what's the problem, though? Why, why would we might wonder if Mary knows? What, what other things happen, though, as the story goes on that cause us to wonder? Did Mary really understand? Sure, yeah. You know, to what extent did she understand? We have, uh, you know, when she's in the, well, she's 40 days after the birth. She's in the temple, and, and Simeon uh, warns her, right? That, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that this child is for the rise and fall of many of Israel. Uh, and a sword will pierce your soul, too. I mean, does Mary understand what he's talking about there? That's a good uh, question. Could we talk more about that next week? Yeah, you bet. Let's do All it. Right, and let's then, do that. Uh, that sounds and, like a good thing to talk about. Yeah. And then just other examples, too. Uh, you know, Jesus back in the temple then when he's 12 years old. And both Mary and Joseph don't seem to quite have a grasp of what's going on when Jesus stays behind in what he calls his father's house. And, yeah, uh, what, what, yeah. They, they yell at him <laughs> for all those kids out there that may have got yelled at at Christmas because we do get stressful at Christmas and we do that too. We yell at our kids. Why are we doing this? It's supposed to be a happy time, but we do. We get upset and we yell at our kids. Well, guess what? Jesus got yelled at too. Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress, Mary says to him. And of course, now I don't know that any of our kids could get away with this, but Jesus says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's stuff? Is what it literally says in the Greek, my father's stuff, he says. Uh, and, and what's cool, Matt, is the text says, and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. So apparently at this point, Mary didn't know. Um, and any other stories that you know of, Matt, that would give us the impression that maybe Mary didn't quite understand. Well, you know, it seems like the whole family doesn't quite get it. Um, yep. You know, we don't hear much about Joseph then after that episode in the temple. So we, we don't know about Joseph, but then we do hear about Mary and, and even Jesus' siblings, it seems. And uh, they, they don't quite understand who he is or why he's come, it seems like. Um, there's that one example in, in Mark 3 where they even talk about, uh, they even marvel and wonder, is Jesus out of his mind? Is he gone crazy? <laughs> is he crazy talking? Uh, so I think that's another example, too, where well, does Mary, does, does Jesus' own family fully know, at least, 
of who he is and why he's come. So, so, so it got me thinking, uh, yeah, didn't Mary know? Well, obviously she must've known something. She has this beautiful Magnificat about the blessings of the Lord, the great things he has done. Uh, and yet, like you said, she, she seems to be puzzled by the fact that, uh, uh, Jesus would be in the temple because uh, it seems to me that's that's Jesus' statement there. He, he's he's not surprised that they're concerned. Of course, they're concerned. They they love him. If if you what, what how would you feel if if you didn't know where Noah was for what is this three days that they didn't know? I, I oh can't yeah, distressed. Yeah, um, but they were. What he couldn't figure out. Well, why, why didn't you come look? At, why, why why was the temple the last place you looked for me? <laughs> Yeah. Although probably for most of us, yeah, the church, really, that's where our kids are going to be hanging out. <laughs> no, no, they're probably down at the Ted Drew's. That <laughs> might make some sense. Um, uh, but, but, oh, man, Matt, I'm really glad you brought about that business about your heart being pierced. Uh, and like I said, we, we we should talk about Simeon and Anna and that whole story. But but what what's he talking about when he says your heart will be pierced? What what's Simeon talking about? Yeah, well, you know, ultimately I I think of well Jesus being pierced on the cross literally, right? Yeah. His hands, his feet, and uh, at that time too, you know, Mary at the foot of the cross, boy, her heart being pierced. Uh, this is her son, her her boy, uh, who's grown up now and. And has come to save the world, and she knew that certainly, but uh, to see the reality of him being crucified on a cross uh, and suffering that agonizing death, boy, that had to just uh, pierce her soul uh, like it would any mother. And, and so, you know, yeah, she didn't understand why her son would be in the temple. <laughs> That's the puzzling thing. Uh, and, and I don't know how she could possibly understand why her son uh, needed to die a uh, horrible, painful death when he was only 33 years old. So obviously there were things she didn't understand. And and this made me reflect on, on you and me and, and all of the people who are listening to Wrestling With Basics for another year. Um, and, and actually, I, I need to give thanks, and I wish I knew the fellow's name. I'm sorry, but we were listening to the uh, service online uh, at Fairbow. I think it's at Peace Lutheran here in Fairbow, Minnesota. And so they had a guest pastor, and that's why I don't know his name. But he preached on this whole business about uh, the boy Jesus in the temple. And, and I think he hit it on the head. They they didn't understand. They didn't understand what Jesus is doing. And, and that would continue throughout all of Jesus' life. They just wouldn't really understand, even to the point of thinking he might be crazy. But But we don't understand either, Matt. We don't understand either. Uh, I think that's why I have a little sympathy in my heart for the Grinches and the Scrooges, because there were people this holiday that had some really, really sad things happen to them. And maybe they're listening to us even this moment, or maybe those who are listening know people who went through this. And it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I I, I went through that as a child. My, my uh, uh, parents were, were kind of... Uh, they fought a lot. They fought a lot. And it would seem like at Christmas is when they would fight all the more, uh, especially when everyone was supposed to be happy. And that would be the time they would fight more than any other time of the year. And we just don't understand that. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we're not going to be able to understand those things. But we do know why Jesus, in fact, it's interesting. That's what the pastor said. The text says, he said, I must be about my father's stuff. 
That's what he came to do, is to do what the will of the Father was. And as you pointed out just a moment ago, the will of the Father is that he would die and rise again so that our sins might be forgiven and that we might have eternal life. Uh, and, and nothing that goes on in this world is going to separate us from that love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus the Lord. So anyway, yeah, I, I, we don't understand either, but I do know that he's a, a God of love and mercy and forgiveness who will deliver us. And by the way, if, you know, if you're looking for Jesus, I know where you can find him. You can find him in the temple, can't you, Matt? You can find him wherever the word of God is. And now I've gone on too long. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been... Wrestling, Wrestling with, the, with basics. the Basics.